and welcome to another edition. This is a flash edition, we'll call it, of the I'll Drink to That pod. Uh, I might drink to that, but I'm here with my sons. They won't be drinking what I might be drinking. But um, So, it is Memorial Day, so shout out to all of our fallen uh, veterans who have served this country. Um, Carson's adjusting the mic if you hear any eh eh sounds, so... Um, because he decides to do everything after we start. Right, ha, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did have a laugh track. Well, at least certain. I know my password. <laughs> hey, that's not my problem. So It kind of is. No, it's your brother's. It's kind of like, it's like a 70-30 split. You're just never going to let it go. So nope. um, so we'll just talk about a couple of things tonight. Um, Roland, say hi. Hello. Up on the mic. Hello. Yeah, that's good. Project. Hello. 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 It's like Ross and Rachel's friends. Hello. Yeah. In Vegas. So. Hello. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we would like some more alcohol and we would also like some more beers. Maybe that's our alcohol and beers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first thing we'll, two things we'll talk about tonight. The first thing is, uh, Cole, get ready. What in the world sucks about San Diego? <laughs> so until Cole comes on a pod and comes to Memphis, it's not an or, it's an and. So um, you have to do both. So we're going to say people on Reddit threads and Reddit boards say there's a large military complex in San Diego, so that kind of sucks. Uh, they also say there's lots of drugs in San Diego. Any thoughts? Huh? Anybody? No. Why do I feel like the miracle worker over here? <laughs> yeah, lots of drugs. San Diego State sucks. How about that one? The Aztecs? Yeah, they lost in the national title game because they suck. Yeah, they can't suck that bad. Oh, we are also we got the Miami-Boston Game 7 going. and There's lots of long faces in Boston, not just because they're fat. It's so delightful. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so anyway, so that's a few things serious. that suck about San Diego today. Uh, yeah, oh. love that Joker. Rick love Carson. that Joker. I'm gonna pull that sound effect just to throw it. <laughs> so uh, let me pull up the little web link or website I have here. So the main thing we wanted to talk about, if these two would get their hands off each other. Okay, we're not doing anything. Enough. I don't want a parent on the pod. It's fucking stupid. So last night was AEW's. I guess quarterly pay-per-view. Yep. And it was double or nothing live from Vegas. Yep. There's a couple of matches we won't talk about just because Roland is a sexist and doesn't no. like the Yeah, Roly hates true. all women's I matches. He went to shower during the women's matches. <laughs> it was one, okay? Out yeah. of two. Okay, we'll give it a little bit of airplay here. So, Jamie Hayter fought Tony Storm. Yeah. I heard it was four. It minutes. wasn't much of a fight. They pretty much beat her to. They beat. Yeah, Jamie they Hader beat up Jamie Hayter way before. So before was, the match, and then you know, yeah, it was kind Tony of a BS Storm match. won. So, it wasn't much of a match. At least the the wrestlers in that match, and I would say this about a men's match too, because there there are always a couple of bad men's matches, but that that was those women at least knew how to wrestle. The other women's match was Jade Cargill against Taya Valkyrie. Yes. I, it's like they found them at, at some kind of, you know, dance studio in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Those two didn't know how to wrestle for shit. I mean, it was like, 
you know, watching two idiots just get up there and it's like, hey, swing at each other. And the swing misses by two feet. Yeah, it was not It was so bad. I I don't even know how one of them is a champion. Yeah, Jade Cargill, that was her 60th win, too. 60-0. But the redeeming part was they brought out Chris Statlander. Returning. Because, you know, Jade's idiot manager said, she will fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. And so basically turned into money in the bank. Yeah. And Stad later came out and whooped her ass. Yeah. So now Jay Cargill's sixty and one in AEW. Yeah. Didn't Jade used to date Shaq or something? Yeah. No, he was like part of her act when she came to AEW. Okay. So that was like part of her claim to fame. Yeah. That's how. That's what they used to promote her when she first got to AEW. Right. <clears throat> so are we starting at the beginning now? Uh, yes. So, uh, the first match was the twenty-one man. Blackjack Battle Royal for the International Championship featuring Orange Cassidy and a bunch of other people. So, what was your guys, what was your take on that match? It was... Roland, you can say something to It was very average until the end. The final four was good. The last two were uh, Swerve Strickland and Orange Cassidy, the incumbent champion. And the other two was Big Bill. Yeah, Big Bill and then uh, Penta, Pentagon, or Penta... He his name has changed multiple times. Um, yeah, but one of the Penta other half, L Zero Miedo. Yeah, the other half of the Lucha Brothers was the fourth man. Um, right. So obviously, people kind of expected. You know, obviously Orange Cassidy was going to be in the final four, and then you know Swerve Strickland was a heavy favorite coming into this match to be one of the finalists. But the other two were a little bit surprising, especially yeah. since they both got their time in the limelight during this match because. The big thing with battle royale matches is about who's going to get the, the most limelight throughout the whole match, and right. the Lucha Brothers got a lot of they a, did of a lot of attention in that match, and because Penta mean, and one of the other guys were in there for a long time. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because they uh, they've they've they were AEW World Tag Team Champions, and they're a pretty big act within AEW, but they haven't really gotten that much traction as of late. Uh, so it was nice to see them. And then Big Bill was the biggest surprise I thought of the big four. I mean, <laughs> he showed some it, skills. Yeah, he's he, he's not a he's not bad. He's he's a I'm pretty sure he was a champion with uh with Impact uh previously. He, he was, was also in yes he was in WWE formerly as Big Cass I believe is yes. what his name was, and then now he's Big Bill. So yeah, he looks like he could be like the you know if Orange Cassidy and he were twin brothers. But Cassidy's like the small one. Yeah. You know, Big Bill's like the big one that wears the jeans, and he's big and tall. Yeah. And Cassidy's like, he's strong, but it little, clearly it's like they are not identical. A little identical. mice and men. <laughs> right. It, it was a little bit of that. So, Rolly, what was your thought? Um, Up on the mic. I agree with Carson. Um, it was average in the middle, but I think the start was pretty good. Eliminating all the scrubs that they have in there. Yeah, it was pretty slow. We were we were sitting there going, okay, hopefully this picks up. But then by the time, even when it got down to the final seven or eight, it started to really pick up. Yeah. Because they started to take each other on. And it, it just was like when there were about 15 or 16 left, you had about 12 of them laying there on the mat. Yeah, it was it, – it started off very slow. The middle part was very slow, but the ending was good. One thing I was surprised about is that Ricky Starks was, I think, the sixth to last person out. I was expecting him to be. 
right down there in the final three or four. Even he was even a guy that people thought might win it because he's had a lot of traction lately and he's a very featured wrestler in AEW. But he they they used that match with him more so to build his rivalry with Juice Robinson and Switchblade Jay White. So which is good. Those are it, it's an interesting rivalry. So. Yeah, so Bleacher Report is an app gave that match a C plus. I would say that's about right. C plus. The ending yeah. might have pushed it to a B minus. I think the ending brought it to a C plus, in my opinion. But yeah, it was a little weak before then. It just it wasn't. It wasn't particularly exciting, which is it, for a battle royale match with twenty one guys, especially with a lot of the guys they had in there who were very good. It should have been better. Right. <clears throat> Agreed. So, Rolly, any other thoughts? Not really. Okay. There's not so, much to say about that yeah, one. Yeah. The next match was the unsanctioned Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole. <clears throat> a lot of hype coming into this match. Um, I'd, so, I'd say it was slightly disappointing as well. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It was... A, or, uh, Bleacher Report gave it a C. I'd say this match was... <laughs> and I think this is, was the wrong choice by AW, but I'd say they use this match more to build that rivalry for the future, as opposed to having it end with that. Because, because you know they it didn't end with an actual finish. It ended with Chris Jericho being ruled unable to continue yeah, it was a really by weird the referee, um, which they then stopped. which they then used to push an AW Dynamite match right. for this Wednesday, which felt really backwards and weird. Because usually you're building to this pay-per-view, especially since this is this. Double or Nothing is their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Right. It is their most important pay-per-view this of and all Revolution four. are like the two big ones. Yeah, I mean, this is the most important one of the year, though. I mean, this is like their flagship pay-per-view, and it felt like they were building towards something else with that rivalry, which just felt, I don't know, it felt backwards to me. The match itself was, I mean, it was good. It just well, wasn't particularly you know, You know great. what you didn't mention, Roley? Give us your give us your thoughts in ten seconds on Sabu, the special enforcer. Oh yeah, uh, up on the mic, please. He is genocidal, homicidal, and suicidal. Yeah, so, and he hit some people with chairs. He uh, wasn't there very long. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he, he hit with a chair a couple times. And that the was match it. itself was only like twelve <laughs> minutes, I think, and. He jumped somebody through a table yeah and it just the everyone outside the ring is really the exciting part about that match is not just the two guys in the ring it's the guys outside of it too because you had you know you had Roderick Strong who debuted uh I think a couple weeks ago Sabu on Adam Cole's side but then you have the whole Jericho Appreciation Society too but it felt like they everyone kind of meandered away very fast and then you had Soraya yeah, the Britt Baker appearance was the only good yeah, part that of the was, match to me. Yeah, that was good, but they also just used that as a way to make the Dynamite match on Wednesday. So, right. a mixed tag match. <clears throat> but yeah, it just kind of ended. It was just yeah, weird. Just a little bit disappointing. So The, the pay-per-view picked up after this point, though. Well, here's, here's coming up. Well, I thought the next match was the weakest men's match, which was the uh, World Tag Team match. FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I, I didn't like this match at all. I thought it was a good. I thought the actual wrestling was good, but the nobody cared about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. That's yeah. the biggest problem. I thought because FTR any match they're in is going to be at least somewhat good because they're 
if not the best, one of the best tag teams in the world, and they're very entertaining. They know how to make people care about their matches, and I I enjoyed the actual match, but nobody cared about the other team involved. So yeah, Bleacher Report gave it a C plus. Yeah, that's eh, I I'd, I'd say it was better than the first two, just because FTR put you know put on their normal uh, show, and they're I think they're amazing, but. Uh, I have to cut in here for a second. It It is so glorious to watch the Celtics take an absolute dump on their home court yeah. in Game 7. I mean, <laughs> even with three of the top refs ever in the NBA, I mean, we have the, the dynamic Literally trio, the worst trio you John Goble, Tony Brothers and Scott Foster, crew <laughs> I mean, chief. That is like the trifecta of terror in the NBA, and the three of them couldn't engineer. Adam Silver, Skeletor's love child, is at the game. I mean, Mike Muscala is in the game. It. They have Mike Muscala and Luke Cornett in the game with two minutes left. They've given up their season's over with two minutes left. See, in I the thought game. Muscala was still on witness protection in Oklahoma City. Now they're trying to full court press with their all white guy lineup. And Grant Williams. I mean, where are all the Boston fans going? This is what you wanted, right? Yeah. Is Jalen Brown crying? He no. has. Oh yeah, Jalen Brown eight turnovers. Miami's whole team seven turnovers. Nice. Well, it's just glorious to watch them. You know, like I said, take a big old dump on their home court. So, um, so anyway, moving on to the next match. This is where I thought it picked up. The ladder match between Wardlow and Christian Cage. Great match. Great spots. It, yeah. And it started a little weak for like a minute or two, but it picked up but real then fast. It picked up quick, yeah. And I mean, to the, s- it, the highlight of the match definitely Wardlow doing. Oh, it had the most. This match had the most insane spot of any match on the card. Yeah. yeah. Wardlow went full out. I mean, he's obviously very, very good. I don't think there's any. There's no debating anymore that Wardlow's one of the top stars in the company um, at this point, and he he proved that he deserved that billing with this. With his performance, because Christian, at this point in his career, can't do everything. He can't. Obviously, there's still a lot of stuff he can do. He's a very good wrestler. He's very smart, very experienced. But he needs a guy like Wardlow to take some of the bigger spots and to make the matches, you know, what they need to be on a pay-per-view like this. And Wardlow delivered that, I mean, perfectly. The the spot was great. Right. I mean, he sold well. The ending was good. I thought it was a great match all throughout. What were you going to say, Ro? I think him jumping off the ladder was the best part about that pay-per-view. It was uh, right up there. It was definitely up there. I'd say it was the best single moment, but I yeah. don't think it was the best part of the pay-per-view. We're going to get to the, the rest of it in a second. Yeah. I think that was amazing. So. Yeah, it was definitely an incredible spot. Plus, he did a little ode to the Hardys there yeah. I mean, before jumping. Bleacher Report gave the match a C. What? And then they rated the next match, which was the hater Tony Storm match, a B minus. Yeah, that's so I doubt the validity of these stupid, ratings. So, yeah, so the the next men's match was the the trios match, House of Black versus <laughs> the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. It was a good match. It was good. They gave it a C plus. I, uh, their rating their ratings are tough. Yeah, I, I mean they got some hard raters here. I. Well, Bleach Report's stupid. I wouldn't call it hard. I'd call it dumb. But um, I thought that match was good. The problem with that, with the way they did it, is there was no build-up, open challenge. But 
the acclaimed are fan favorites, and the House of Black is very well liked. Also, they have, you know, yeah, the, the AEW didn't explain the rules real well. Yeah, that was another problem. But once we got going in this match, it was good. It was exciting. They had Anthony Bowens in the ring for a long time. Like he was. <laughs> but what about when the acclaimed? Uh, called out somebody on WWE. Oh, yeah. The, the, that was great. The Dominic Mysterio call out was great <laughs> because Buddy Matthews, a member of the House of Black, is real life dating Rhea Ripley of WWE. And, you know, there was a shout out to the whole uh, mommy storyline. Yeah, because we were all watching, but when he, when he said Dominic, we all snapped to attention. It, it was like, hilarious. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> That was a great line. It's like, I wonder if Tony Khan's in the back going, yes. Yeah. Or he's back there going, come on, guys, don't do that. Well, they're allowed. No, they're definitely allowed to call out WWE. <laughs> it just has to be something that's actually like worth calling them out for. And that, that was funny enough to where I think, I think even WWE would get a laugh out of that one. Well, Triple H probably did. Yeah. Vince was probably, probably lost a whole night of sleep, which yeah. at his age, there's not many nights left. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. ain't that the truth? But yeah, I, I thought this was a good match. It's uh, I mean, anytime you bring out somebody with the name Daddy Ass, yeah, it's just like I said, it's like a Seinfeld episode or something. But, good old Billy Gunn. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was solid. I mean, I love watching Alistair Bla- or Malachi Black wrestle. <laughs> I think he's one of the best in the world. It yeah. it is it, it is to say on Bleacher Report's top moments of the match, the first two are Caster obliterated Matthews on the mic with a pre-match rap lyric. Mm-hmm. Referencing Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley, and then Who's Your Mama? Chance broke out when Matthews was in the ring. Mm. So great moments. Yeah, Alfred Black is one of my favorite finishers. Yeah, well, oh. Black Mass is great. The way they finished it was great. Billy Gunn didn't tag into the match until the very end, and then he got hit with the Black Mass to finish it. I thought it was a good, solid yeah. match. It obviously wasn't anything to write home about, but it was very solid all throughout. It kept me engaged. All right, so we move past the next match, which was the uh, Jade Cargill disaster, which For the TBS this really makes me go, Bleacher Report, you guys suck. They gave it a B. Yeah. That match was like, yeah, if B means F. Yeah, that yeah. match was horrendous. <clears throat> Horribly, uh, yeah, everything. The next match then was the penultimate match of the night. The four-way match for the world championship. And they give this one an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Yes. A+. Plus, plus. Great match. Amazing. It made the whole pay-per-view worth watching. If that if that was the only match on the pay-per-view, it would have been worth watching. Actually, if the last two matches were the only matches on the pay-per-view, it would have been worth watching. Because I think they were both A-pluses for their own reasons. But this one, absolute a plus. They gave every guy the moment to shine, and they made the correct booking decision at the end, which yeah. was giving MJF the title back. Because now, because it, it would have been the wrong choice to give any of the other three guys the title right now, and here's why. Because then you're basically picking one of them over the other. MJF has been the top guy. He has his moment in the in the limelight right now. You can't take that away from him to give it to one of the other guys, especially since that would mean the two of the other guys still haven't had their moment. And right. It just wouldn't have been right to pick one of those three over the other right now. Uh, it was just the best decision. And the way they did it was great. MJF cheated, but in a <laughs> slick way. It was funny. He injured two guys with one cheat. So, right. Um, a very MJF win, but I thought the, the match was amazing. The four-man submission where they were all submitting yeah. each other at the same time. That was a great spot. They all. My favorite spot was when they all hit the 
finisher of their mentor. Yes. So we had the it crossroads. Even that. Yeah, crossroads by MJF. Scorpion death drop by Darby. Um, Said you had a frog splash for yeah, two. Frog splash. Where Sammy nodded to Eddie Guerrero. Well, but he also did the code breaker from Jericho. Yeah, did the and yeah. then. Uh, he did the kill switch from oh, Christian. Yeah. So yeah, they all hit they all hit their mentors' moves. Obviously, you know, Sting, Cody Rhodes, um, Jericho, and then Christian. So I thought that was a great moment. Def- that the match was really well choreographed. I think those guys all I'm guessing all, all four of those guys really like each other and they really know each other well. Because you know, they've all been at the company since twenty nineteen now. So I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was a perfect version of what that match should have been. Right. So, well, yeah, they're by this time in the night, they were all dropping some F bombs. Yeah. And just letting it loose. Well, there was the, MJF, I think it's funny because it's a pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, there was the, MJ, the last match had the most F well, yeah, because that of one man. We'll get to that. But, uh, the MJF where Darby reversed one of his moves and then hit the, as Darby was in midair and about to hit the, the stunner, he, MJF yells, what the fuck? And yeah. then he hits the stunner on him. <laughs> Great moment. Well, it does say that MJF going up the ramp said, I'm getting bored to everyone as he after he won, going back up the ramp. And it's, he said, imploring AEW officials to find him more competition. Well, so, he never wrestles. Yeah. He wrestles he's now like 3 0 in the year. Yeah. He's wrestled three <laughs> times. It's, it's May. It's the end of May. I think he should wrestle more. I don't like when they have champions that are just untouchable. <laughs> WWE. Right. Um, but I think wrestling champions are the best kind of champ, like a champion who constantly wrestles. Because when Darby had the TNT title, he wrestled every week on Dynamite. So, right. Yeah, that's Cody too. Yeah. We the can't team- hear you, Ro. You're not on the mic. Uh, when Cody had it, that's what he did. He wrestled every week. Well, that's the history of the TNT title. Is the champion has always been a workhorse right. for the AEW. So then the last match was Anarchy in the Arena, which. <laughs> Bleacher Report gave it a C. I'm like, whatever. I don't know. If, I I mean, if if the one before it's an A plus, mm-hmm. I would give this one an A. It, it's not like that's a shit rating or it sucks compared to the one before it. I only give it an A just because I didn't like the way it ended. It was just kind of bringing the other guy out. I, okay, I get it. He, you know, he's known and you know, former friend of Omega and all that stuff. It just it didn't land. To me. Well, I think they were just trying to... Again, this pay-per-view... But pay that view, was one little moment. This pay-per-view just felt like a setup to an, the next paper. I mean, obviously in wrestling, that is... Everything is a setup to the next thing. But this whole thing, except for the Four Pillars match and a couple other parts, felt like they were just trying to set up the next thing instead right. of enjoying what they were doing now. Like, the Anarchy in the Arena, the actual match was great. But yeah, the ending, they're just trying to set up the Blackpool Combat Club to be dominant, which they already had dominant members they already have a world champion or a former world champion they have danielson who constantly challenges for stuff like that um wheeler yuda's wheeler yuda's getting a huge push i mean it's just like i don't understand why i didn't get the pin i was like okay well yeah he's that's a guy they they every report that's ever come out about him is that they love him like they think because I mean, they they put him on the they put him on the fast track when they put him in the Blackpool Combat Club because he he had he had wrestled a couple matches on Dark, and then he had wrestled a couple matches. He joined Best Friends, and then after a couple matches, left Best Friends to go join the Blackpool Combat Club, which was being pushed as one of the top things in AEW. 
already with Danielson and Moxley and at that time William Regal. But now it's like he they they put him on the fast track. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a champion uh, before the end of the year, just with the way he's been pushed so far. Right. The last, some of the last comments that the Bleacher Report review said about this, again, giving it a C, which I think is bullshit, but they said, if you like deathmatch wrestling or were a big fan of the Attitude Era brawls that dominated the late 90s, you probably thought this was awesome. Or if you were a fan of the guys involved, it said, it would be easier for others to appreciate and acknowledge the value of it if they were not fed it every week by a company that is often to turn to gimmicky matches Sometimes for no apparent rhyme or reason. This, so, but this did have rhyme or reason because this match had been built up for at least a month and a half because the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club have hated each other for a while. This match made sense. It needed to be anarchy because they don't like each other. Right. Why would they not just beat the shit out of each other? That makes perfect sense in my eyes. This couldn't have just... What were they going to do? Just a normal uh, eight-man tag match? Where they've got, you know, one guy in the ring at a time and they've got three guys standing outside. It doesn't make sense. Moxley doesn't wrestle matches like that. That's right. not Omega doesn't wrestle ma- matches like that. That's I not mean, that's not I the MO for these guys. Yeah, they had the barbed wire. If you look they had at the, the tacks. If you look at the guys in this match, none of them do matches like that. I mean, you go back to Daniel Bryan's time in WWE, he's doing shit like the strap match with the fiend. He's made for stuff like this. Cesaro or sorry, Claudio Castagnoli, he does matches like this. He's always been known as that kind of guy. Right. Wheeler Yuta, ever since he joined the Blackpool Combat Club, he's like the rough and tough kind of guy now. And then like Omega does shit like that. That's Moxley's whole MO. Hangman is, I guess, coming back with this new, angrier character. So right. taking the, off the and uh, the young bucks the love to do, and the young bucks are just two crazy motherfuckers. So yeah, why would they Seeing not? Seeing Matt get, you know, pile drive into the back yeah. of, of a pickup truck and then get his bare foot yeah his heel completely covered in thumbtacks well that was after the exploding kick <laughs> yeah where he put he right. put explosives on his heel and then yes. kicked moxley i thought this match was great i thought with the guys involved like if you're doing a match with eight different guys like if you've got like guys who don't normally do these kinds of matches then yeah sure but if you look at the guys in this match this kind of match made perfect sense it didn't feel gimmicky it felt like this is what they should be doing. Because at the end of the day, if if they had booked a regular eight-man tag match, what the hell do you think was going to happen anyway? They were going to end up brawling. So why not just have them brawl from the start? Why not just have them go full into it and make the crowd had... I The crowd was dead the whole time. I think that hurt some of these matches a lot. The crowd in Vegas was very, very dead. Oh, yes. Until, until the Four Pillars match. People loved the Four Pillars match at, in Vegas, and they loved this match. So I think this match, you have to look at the crowd, and I think the crowd loved this match. So I, I thought it was a great match. The crowds were a cheer for like all the heels the entire time. It, it didn't make sense. The crowd, was, the crowd wasn't cheering for anybody for a while. The crowd was bad, very bad crowd. Yeah, they were dead. I mean, it was like a normal... Like a normal SmackDown or Dynamite type crowd night. It was the, worse it took, than that. It took moments. It took big moments for them to be like, "Oh, that's right, we're wrestling. We're supposed to cheer." I mean, they. It felt like they barely cheered when Wardlow jumped off the, off the ladder. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I will, I will say I just looked at uh, 
I saw something about Jamie Hayter, an injury. It said she was injured like recent just bef- like just recently before the match in there and they almost canceled it because she has a has a uh, right arm injury and it can they concluded it the way they did so that she could protect her arm. I was okay. like, okay. I, I mean, thought I, that was a fake injury. I wasn't to, watching with that context, but I thought that was a fake injury to go along with the storyline. Right. No, they said she's actually injured. <clears throat> I guess that's partly why they took the title off her. So maybe to give her some time to recuperate. But anyway, I mean, <clears throat> I thought I thought watching it from home, it it had weak moments, but not so many that I'm not happy that we got it. I was happy to have watched it. I thought it was a good time. It was a good pay-per-view. I, I do agree with you. I think they were doing too much setup. Like it was just some sort of, oh, hey, on a special night, AEW, for for some of it. But then by the time they, they got building... near the end, it was like, okay, this feels like, I mean, because I always think back to when they had the, whatever that event was, it was one of the Jacksonville ones when they were on the football field. I don't remember what they called it, but the that pay-per-view was awesome start to finish. This one was definitely not that. I thought the pay-per-view earlier this year that Rolly and I watched, was that full gear? That was Revolution. Revolution, okay. always at the start Revolution was much better. The next pay-per-view, it goes Revolution, Double or Nothing, All Out, and then uh, full, full gear. Full last, gear, yeah. like in November. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I this was not the, their best effort, but... I think by the time it did ramp up as the night went on. And I mean, the crowd went up with it, but the crowd, I mean, if I go to a pay-per-view, whether it's WWE, AEW, whatever, I'm going to be ramped up the whole night because I'm I'm there to see a damn good night titles contested in at least half the matches, all that stuff. The crowd was pissing me off because they were just dead the whole time. Right. That, that does affect the, the matches. The match, the wrestlers respond to whatever sure. the crowd does. That's their whole job. Well, so if the FTR crowd was trying dead, to pump the crowd, yeah, up the whole that's match. what FTR is great at, and <laughs> it was just not working. And I, I will say, it's sad may not be the right word, but it's a bit sad that the day before the lunch night of champions from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I mean, granted, that's that crowd. They were way more into their events. Well, that's also because they AEW don't ever. They only get you know. Well, the no, that's one why I say or, I get it's not apples to apples, but yeah, they were I that crowd their was energy. That crowd was alive. Yes, their energy was awesome. That was a great. That crowd in Saudi Arabia was great. They yes. loved having them there. And also, just a minor, call it a nitpick. It, it was almost like the entrances for people last night in Double or Nothing. Did they go a little cheap on the budget? There wasn't like a lot of big flashy pyro or yeah. I mean, they've hauled the band out for the the Moxley match, and I like that. Or they Jade Cargill had dancers, the super kick on the yeah. I mean, they had some of that, but it was just kind of like, okay, is that the best we can do? I mean, it. So I'm not saying it was horrible. It just again, it felt like a slightly stepped up version of a week weekly event. It didn't feel like okay. We're stepping up five notches until the it was end. like we're stepping up one notch. I think at the end it really stepped up. I agree. A couple more. I think the four pillars match was, I mean, 
if you look back at the history of AEW, I think that's going to end up, that's going to be one of the best, that's got to be looked at as one of the best matches ever, just because of the people involved, what it means to the company. Right. That those four guys who were all homegrown for AEW could really be in a match like that and carry a pay-per-view like that. And they were all very skilled. Now, I wish Hangman could have been in that match too, because he is really the fifth pillar if you look at AEW. Right. But... They have to put him back with a fucking elite. Don't get me started on that. Now, with <laughs> the Anarchy in the Arena thing, that's the only thing that, that pisses me off is that he's back with the elite now. Because I still think, in AEW's history, the best rivalry that has ever happened is Hangman versus Omega. Because it was built up for literally a year and a half before it actually happened. They were tag partners. They won the AEW Tag Team Champions. They were great champions, but you could slowly start to see the cracks for them. They finally split up. They lost the titles. They split up. They didn't like each other anymore. And then, AW, every time you thought we were finally going to get Omega versus, Hang- Omega versus Hangman, we didn't get it. And then we finally got it, and it was great. But it built up. I think it's the greatest rivalry in AW history. Of course, short history. But the fact that they're now back together in the Elite just... It's a little disappointing to me. But right. I understand that's how wrestling works. You know, we for- We have to have a short memory. Uh, for a lot of these things, because, you know, Chris Jericho was a face for like a month, and then he's back to being a heel, so. Now that AEW's officially four years old. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, Roly, any final thoughts on that event? No, not really. It was really good overall. Yeah. Okay. So, Roly's happy he got a PS5 today. So, yeah. now he and his brother both have one. They can well, be on the like same he can level. use it. Um, so he know his password. Roland said he does not have a rant or a hand. Carson, you got a rant for us? Um, sure he does. Celtics, Celtics fans suck. Actually, <laughs> NBA fans in general suck. People, there were Heat fans calling to get us uh, Bolsher fired after Game Six. Oh so, please! Yeah, that's I hate I'm NBA sure they've fans. Shut They're up the now. worst. All NBA fans for every team. There are even Grizzly fans that I hate because they're just so stupid. But um, fire Taylor. Yeah, it was, you know, Fire Jenkins or, you know, we need to get rid of Ja now or it's just all this shit and I'm tired. I hate NBA fans so much. They're the worst. They're the worst fans of any sport. Uh, You know, I just hate NBA fans, especially the ones on Twitter. That's my rant. Right. And remember your passwords. <laughs> Thank you for dropping that one in there. So, uh, I don't really have a big rant, but... I will say that um, just just a thought. If you're, it, it's a little bit of a rant, but it's not directed at anyone. It just made me think of it. I was at a gathering yesterday, and people weren't doing this at this gathering, but it reminded me of like a gathering I had been to a few weeks back. And it's it's kind of like when you go to somebody's house, and it's like they're hosting, and they have you know food out for people, or they're grilling, or whatever. And, you know, there's different, like, chip trays and dip trays and things like that out. It's at an event I went to a few weeks ago. What drives me crazy is is when you have somebody who's just constantly going. They're going up to the spread. Let's call it that. The spread. And they're just, like, slowly picking through everything. They're just selecting every little bit that's, you know, or they're sort of, like... They're just sort of looking at stuff, and it's like slowly, like, 
you know, you you could just see them taking a little spoon and sampling everything as this, they walk through. It's like, hurry the fuck up and get out the of the way. This is the most you rant I've ever heard. I've got a lot of me rants. This is so the most you rant I think I've ever heard. Why is it the most me rant? It just feels exactly like something you would say. Because it's when you're at something like that, it's like being at, at, at any buffet <laughs> Only line. you. Hurry the fuck up. Only you would notice that. Well, Only but, you so, would sit there and watch someone do that. Because when say, you take longer than you should, what the fuck are you doing up there? Think of it this way. <laughs> think of it this way. You're at a you're at a buffet restaurant. So hang on, let me finish this thought. <laughs> oh yes, please finish. Imagine you're at a buffet restaurant, or like I usually would. I I, I remember used to see this a lot at like hotels when I was business traveling more. Um, is when you have the usual stuff out, breakfast stuff. You've got your scrambled eggs, you got your sausage, you got your bacon, you got French toast sticks, biscuits, whatever. Mm. It's not like it's 50 different pieces of cuisine. We're talking seven or eight things. And there'd always be the one jerk off in line who would sit there and like portion out their scrambled eggs, take the spoon, get a spoonful, and then they get like half a spoonful, then they put like a quarter of it back, and it's like, just take it, put it on the fucking plate, and move on. God damn, this is so stupid watching you do this. And there's like ten people with plates in hands behind you. We all got jobs to do. Get the fuck out of the way. So at a dinner buffet, it's not the same thing. And that you're like, well, you're all there for dinner, or this is a party, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you don't get the portion size you like. So what? You can come back. That's the beauty of it. You can go through again. It's not a once and you're done. Come back. Don't make everybody wait on your fucking selectiveness. That's it. That you guys a, made it long. That was a little rant. You made yeah. it to be like, oh, this is this is a dad rant. This is you. It's a you rant. Okay, so it's not an old man rant. No, old, it's a old Paul Scott Paul rant. rant. Okay. Well, I just want to not letting your brother forget about passwords. That's a you rant. Too, yeah, I know that? because it pisses me off when people can't remember their passwords. Yes. Before we get off, I just want to say that Caleb Martin almost won the final or the Eastern Conference Finals MVP award. He lost it by one vote to Jimmy Butler. Caleb Martin undrafted got four votes. University of Nevada. He got four out of nine votes for Eastern Conference MVP. Eastern Conference Finals. He MVP. was cooking the Celtics tonight. I mean, cooking them. He scored twenty six. I think. Yes. I just. I, I mean. This is not a rant. This is a it makes me happy. All the NBA analysts after game three, oh, man, the Celtics, you know, their season just ruined by this whole thing. By the time game five was over and it's 3 Celtics are winning this oh, series. Celtics are coming back to win this thing, man. Here it comes after game six. Oh, I got the Celtics big tonight. Celtics are going to close it out. First team to ever come back from it. And they after lose by 20. Game, they're all like, oh, man, I just knew the Heat had this. He were just a more determined team the whole series, but shut the fuck up. You didn't know. We're going to give them the results. We, none of us knew. The Heat didn't even know. You don't. You don't. You don't. They don't. The Heat didn't know. I've seen the you Celtics sit there. didn't know. I've I mean, seen you sit there at the kitchen table and say, I know, I thank know, you, I Brad know. Pitt. And when God. it comes to your son, I know. But you don't. Okay. You don't know. And on that note, we'll laugh track and close it out. So thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.